This is SLAS Podcast. I'm David Pector. The SLAS journals have been busy this year and are undergoing two exciting changes. The first big change is the journals will be migrating to an open access publishing model. The second is that we will begin working with a new and well-respected publishing partner, Elsevier. Our two editors-in-chief, along with their editorial boards, have been working with the SLAS professional team and Elsevier to make SLAS research immediately and freely available to readers around the globe as of January 1st, 2022. To talk about these changes, I am joined by our journal editors-in-chief, Bob Campbell of SLAS Discovery and Ed Chow of SLAS Technology, as well as Ali Jump, SLAS Publishing Manager, and Jill Horanik, SLAS's Director of Marketing and Communications. Jill, maybe you can start us off by explaining what is that open access? Great. Thanks, Dave. And I'd be happy to get us started. At its most basic, open access is a publishing model for scholarly communication that makes research information available to readers online and at no cost. I think the most important thing to emphasize is that open access scholarly publishing does not compromise journals quality. And our journals will continue to comply with well-established peer review process and, um, and maintain high publishing standards. And who better to talk about that than our editors? So I'm gonna get started. So Bob, Ed, why is open access so important to the research community and at large and SLAS members specifically? So perhaps I can start off. Uh, this is Bob Campbell. The journals have evolved over time uh, in response to the changing environment. In part, that's been an expansion of the scientific scope, but it's also in response to the speed of innovation and the speed at which science is conducted. And certainly over time, the need for access to information has become more and more urgent. And the open access model has evolved to accommodate this. The missions of the journals are to, to share and disseminate information, to impart knowledge, but to foster innovation. And for innovation to accelerate, we must accelerate the dissemination of knowledge. So allowing the knowledge to be freely accessible by all at anywhere, anytime, in a much more rapid pace I think serves that mission well. Allie, anything you'd like to add about member benefits and, and SLAS in particular? Yeah, I mean, I think Bob spoke a little bit to, you know, how this really aligns with SLAS and the journals and um, the way that we've moved and grown in the past. I think it really lets the journals be better positioned to provide our members with a rich community of freely available, high quality research. Um, just as a bonus, we are able to offer our SLAS members significantly discounted APCs, um, which is an exclusive member benefit uh, for SLAS folks. The APC is the article publishing charge. Part and parcel to the conversion to an open access model is that um, the cost of publishing and making that having the rights and making the research openly available and with available without a paywall to reach researchers around the world is that there is a fee that is paid um, to cover that publishing charge. So that's the shorthand for that as an APC. So are there any new opportunities accompanying this change besides being seen, read, and cited by a larger population? We have a lot of really exciting things that 
come alongside our transition to Elsevier, as well as, you know, the accompanying open access change. With Elsevier, the journals are going to be archived in ScienceDirect, which is one of the world's largest research databases. It's a global leader in awareness and usage and actually houses 25% of all of the world's research. We'll also be better positioned within their portfolios. We'll be in their applied biochemistry portfolio and we'll be cross-promoted with other highly respected titles in pharmaceutics, chemistry, lab medicine, genetics. And I think we'll just have a lot better reach of the journals just by nature of our, our new our new neighborhood, uh, even beyond the, the open access and having ease of sharing and download and facilitating accessibility of our research. Finally, just accompanying this change, Elsevier does have a very robust social media and marketing arm, and they will definitely help us leverage the benefits of our conversion and reach new authors and readers. One other point. So if you're an author um, and you're in an open access journal, you have a greater opportunity to be seen, appreciated, and cited. A lot of people who do not have access to institutional journal subscriptions will now have access to articles from SLES Discovery and SLES Technology. One thing that I love about SLES as a community is that it includes a lot of members from both academic institutions as well as industry uh, on the, both the commercial side and the government side. There are some members of the SLAS community that have enjoyed access to these journals through institutional subscriptions. Uh, but now that we make the move to open access, there's going to be a lot more people in industry and commercial environments that don't normally have access to these journals that will now begin to really see what SLAS is like. Um, over the last 18 or 19 months, we've seen a somewhat unprecedented level of collaborative scientific work at a very fast pace. Uh, SLAS itself put out editions of technology and discovery dedicated to COVID-19 research. Both of those were open access. Uh, do you think the pandemic has pushed the needle further toward open access model across science? The last 18 or 19 months, we really saw what amounted to an unprecedented level of global collaboration in terms of COVID-19 research, from how vaccines were developed to identifying new therapeutics that would be a bit effective against uh, severe COVID uh, illnesses. I do believe that the community saw what's possible with this kind of work. And I do believe that moving forward, the community is gonna be much more collaborative and to, in order to do this, we all need to have access to the same information so that we can all operate at the same level. And so I think really do think that there is going to be an even further push towards open access. The COVID situation brought to the foreground a common problem, common enemy of the entire world. Everyone from scientists to lay press clamoring for information, and they needed it right away. Uh, people were dying. Uh, but there was also a need to dispel misinformation. So it was important to have credible peer-reviewed sources. To collaborate in such a rapid fashion, one needed to know who was working on what now, not reading a paper that was published a year ago based on data that was two years old. And so open access helped us greatly in getting that information out there, but also the names of the labs and the authors working on these problems and specific aspects of COVID biology. And so I think that in itself 
showed the possible benefits of such an environment, uh, an open access environment. And I think the thought process was, why can't we do this with every scientific problem? And I've heard this on on and on again. I would love for this to be the solution to various cancers or other infectious diseases. So sure, yeah, I think it, it was a catalyst. It was, it was a good thing that came out of a very bad situation. Can we talk a little bit more about open access mandates globally? In the U.S., there's been increased sentiments uh, towards open access, obviously with the move for NIH funding and the need for open access. And then most notably, there, was, uh, there have been large-scale agreements uh, between major universities or university networks and the journals to make articles published by those universities open access. Uh, so for instance, the, the agreement between UCs and Elsevier uh, were, was a huge movement towards open access. Over the last 20 years, China and India have really moved from almost having no open access to being within the top three, top four countries to do open access. I myself uh, run a lab in Singapore, and one of the funding agencies here, uh, the NRF, has now made it so that if your work is funded by that government agency, all your work published has to be open access now. You know, these mandates came about because it's a public taxpayer in any country that is paying for government-funded research. The question came about, you know, we're all paying for it. Why don't we all have free access? And, and there's a, a certain logic behind that that's hard to argue. And, and I think that sort of added to the desire for those who didn't have the funding to buy subscriptions or to be a member of every society um, to have access. So I think all of those came together just over the years. And uh, I think people held hands and said, we need this now because we need to innovate faster and we need access to information. And I think given electronic media, people are, are having an expectation for immediate access to information. I think this is consistent with the desire of those who fund our research, as well as those who are actually conducting the research. So I think it's just a coalescence of those things. And I think COVID really put it to a peak. As mentioned earlier, the transition to open access publishing means that now the author pays article processing charges or APCs to get their work published. So does SLES have any opportunity or power to waive APCs if someone really wants to publish their work but can't find the dollars to do so? Or are there any tips or tricks to finding funding? Absolutely. For starters, Elsevier has signed more of those open access agreements that Ed is talking about uh, than any other publisher. So beyond just the University of California system, a lot of institutional funders around the globe do provide that funding assistance for their researchers, and we can provide the link to those agreements in the episode note. I think a lot of researchers don't realize that when they have these government grants, they also have access to assistance to pay for APCs, regardless of whether or not a journal is fully open access or not. Like, so regardless of whether they're required or not, they have this ability to make their work free and immediately available to download. We also will have assistants that are dedicated to working with researchers to find the best deal for them. So whether it's through their funding agencies, their institutional affiliation, or even their SLAS membership discount, we will have folks that are dedicated to making sure that, you know, researchers are getting the best deal that's available to them. 
And finally, we do have the power to provide a fixed number of waivers for authors without bespoke APC funding. And we definitely encourage authors to reach out to our editors directly uh, if they have manuscript proposals or are interested in requesting a waiver. That's great. Thanks, Allie. Last thing, what are you both looking forward to after this logistical translation is complete? Well, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the perception of, of the readers, the wider audience to the journals. I'd like to see, obviously, our impact factors reflect that, as well as the citations for all the articles. I'd like to see them uh, utilized more and foster, as we said, you know, communication, interaction, collaboration. And I look forward to seeing that next evolution. I think I can echo a lot of what Bob said. And in addition to that, I think that another thing that we're looking forward to is with the wider audience, hopefully we also begin to see increased contributions from groups and industries and institutions that we haven't previously received contributions from. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. That's great. Well, thank you all for uh, joining us and answering these questions and clarifying some of the issues around open access as we move forward. And I'll turn it back to you, Dave. Well, thanks again. It was great to hear from our editors in chief and a special pleasure to speak with the SLS professional team who keep it all running in the background. To learn more about the open access transition, check out the SLAS FAQs linked in the show notes and start thinking about your next journal contribution as an author, reviewer, or maybe a future editorial board member. Mm -hmm.